Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to 32 Fans. I'm Alex Chester, and with me as always is Wheels Wienerker. Wheels, how's it rolling? I think, uh, first of all, you're not allowed to call me Wheels. So, I don't know, you can't call me Keeve. Should it be Threenaker then? Yeah, this is a basketball episode, so call me Threenaker. All right, Threenaker. Well, uh, last week we ranked 100 to 32 in the greatest NBA careers of all time. Today we're doing 1 to 31. And we've well, got we'll probably do it in, in, in 31 to 1 order. I feel, I feel like yes. we start with 1... Thank you. No one's going to listen for like, who's 27? <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> All right. So we're going to go 31 to 1. And we've got some good feedback from this episode. But the best feedback so far, I want to give a shout out to listener Jared Jerome, who submitted his own list of top 50. He said he did it in under an hour, which, if true, is extraordinarily impressive because his list is better than just about any of the professional lists that I've seen. And of course, when I say better, I mean that his list uh, more closely aligns with mine. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> that I believe. Yeah. All right. So let's jump right into it. And and the reason we stopped over here, as I said at the end of last week's podcast, is I said 31. I have a cutoff there. From here on out, everyone is basically a perennial MVP caliber guy. So if you're not in the top 31, you weren't most of your career, you know, getting MVP votes year in, year out. And that's where I draw the line. But there are people here who have never won an MVP. Who have never won an MVP? Sure. There are. So, again, I don't care about the actual MVP. I care about the chest VP. Right. Right. Sure. And you are correct. 12 of these 31 players never won. Well, most a, of them played in the same era, so it's impossible for yeah, everyone. Yeah, there's a lot of overlap, yeah. Uh, 12 of them never won a uh, chess VP. And e- yeah, even and how many of them never won a real MVP? Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Only nine of them never won a real MVP. Part of that is because the real MVP voters have voter fatigue, which is why like Kareem and Jordan didn't win as many as they should. Whereas right. I have no voter fatigue. I had Kareem winning nine straight in the 70s because he was the best player, or eight straight or something like that, because he was the best player and he should have. But, but all these guys got votes in the top five multiple times, except for the first couple of these guys who we're going to discuss. And we'll, I'll discuss why they're in this category, even though they didn't. And, and that's number 31. We'll start with number 31, Patrick Ewing. So Patrick Ewing's disadvantage is that his career overlapped with Akeem and David Robinson and later Shaq. So he was never the best center in the league. And so, and and that's part of the reason why you know he he wasn't on NBA first teams, for example. And I think that he was a little bit sort of underrespected in his career for that reason. But he he did actually get five times he was All NBA second team, which is impressive considering those guys that he was playing with, as I said. And he was much better than Willis Reed. He played he played on nearly twice as many games, so he deserves much better than his reputation, especially among Knicks fans. Yeah, uh, my thirty-one is a fellow named Patrick Ewing. Same <laughs> okay, 31 as you. Never finished top three in MVP voting. I gave him a, a fourth place finish once and a fifth place finish once in my voting. Yeah. He had he had three of each in real life. So he actually yeah. did better with the well, voters. Yeah, he, he than was with playing you. New York, so he did have yeah, he had the New York media. But the interesting thing is that now the voters sort of disrespect him because we both have him at thirty one. At all the other lists I'm looking at, nobody has him that high. People have him in the low 30s. IBT has him at 48, and Zach Pelton did top 40, didn't have him at all, so he probably has him in the 40s as well. So his average ranking is 37, but I'm the highest, or you and I are higher than him and everybody else by just a little bit. So I mm-hmm. do think he's a little bit um, disrespected historically. Uh, you, you know, it, I mean, obviously a lot of it boils down to him making one final and never winning, the, well, two, made two finals and never winning the championship. Yeah, but his team lost to the Bulls in 91, 92, 93, 96. Like, that's yeah. not really his fault. No, it's not. 
I, I, it's just hard to bring him higher. I feel like I'm very confident. You know, you could argue, say, Kevin McHale, who was my number 32 over him, but it would be hard to argue Ewing over anybody in my top 30. So we can't really disrespect him too much more. Yeah, and I would say that it would be hard to argue Kevin McHale over him because he played nearly 200 more games, averaged three more points per game, three more rebounds per game, three more efficiency per game, more PER, more win shares, more yeah, all-stars. But he, he had like he was always Ewing always needed to be the best the best player in his team. What would Ewing have done on those Celtics? Well, but that's the point that McHale never was the best player in his team. But right? he easily could have been. Like, are we going to punish could, Scottie Pippen? Really? McHale made one first, second, or third All-NBA team ever. First, second, or third. Yeah, but I think that in hindsight, that's silly. No, that's the point. In hindsight, he's completely overrated. You mentioned Scottie Pippen. Scottie Pippen made eight teams. Three first teams, two second teams, three third teams. As we said last week, Kevin McHale is one of the two or three most overrated players in NBA history. And the reason is because his post moves were better than any other power forward ever. He had amazing moves. Great. He had great potential. As I said, so did Chris Webber, so did Derek Coleman. But he didn't take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. He was a role player, and he was never more than that. Maybe, maybe he had the potential to be more than that, but he wasn't. And it's not even, it's not even like Manu Ginobili where you can say, well, he had a limited role on that team. His PR for his career is 20, which is okay. But you know, everybody else on this list above that has a higher PR. Patrick Ewing's PR was 21, even though he played way more games. Manu Ginobili, who just re-signed today for $14 million, his career PR is higher than Kevin Do you know McKellar why he also. re-signed for $14 million? Did you see? Why $14 million? You know, like why he got so much money when last year he made like four? Well, they have the room now, don't they? Well, no. The 76ers offered him like $18 million for the first year in a two-year deal. <laughs> so, he wasn't going to the 76ers. Well, he was. If the Spurs offered him four, he wasn't going to take four over 18 yeah. and a guaranteed right. two-year deal. Well, I didn't know that. Well, good for Manu. And uh, good for you as a Spurs fan. All right. So let's get to number 30 on my list. Number 30 on my list, inactive player, Chris Paul. Where's Chris Paul on your list? I have him higher than 30. Look, I'll allow I that. did a little he's, bit more projection than you did for, for these guys. Yeah, mine are totally based on what he's done so far. He's only played 773 games. If he has next year another year similar to how he's played most of his career, he'll move up a couple spots, and he'll keep moving up, much like I said. I don't Kevin have a Durant. ton of faith because small guards age very poorly, as you know. Yeah. I don't have a ton of faith that he's going to—he might have another great year this year. But I, I can't see him having three more great years, you know? Well, okay, so right now he's the sixth best point guard ever, and he's destined to finish fourth, for sure, because he's definitely going to pass John Stockton and Bob Cousy, yeah. unless he just completely falls apart. He hasn't had playoff success, but he's had regular season success like no other. He, uh, he should have won the 2008 MVP when he finished second to Kobe, which is insane, by the way. That year, the Hornets and the Lakers won as many games, despite the Hornets being way worse than the Lakers, obviously. Chris Paul was the best defensive point guard in the league that year. He put up 21-4-12, and 12, and yet he lost out on the MVP to Kobe. For Kobe, I think it was really a career achievement award, sort of like Jeter, because Kobe had never won the MVP, and I think the voters just wanted to give him one. And so they gave Kobe the MVP that year over Chris Paul, which was unfair. But yeah, he's been the best point guard on both ends of the court for most of his career. Like, do you remember in the beginning of his career when people were comparing him to Darren Williams? Yeah. I mean, there was, there was a year where people were like, Williams is better. And to be fair, yeah. Williams fell off the map. Like, it only sounds totally insane because Williams... In hindsight. Well, yeah. it's like T-Mac against Kobe, sort of. Right. T-Mac was Actually, amazing. this is even worse because, yeah, Darren Williams is like... T-Mac will still be in the Hall of Fame, whereas Darren Williams is like a nobody. Well, I think on the 08 Olympic team... I know we've talked about the Olympics a lot in this podcast for some reason, but, like, I, I think they were the two point guards, right? And I mean, Williams may have even started. Darren Williams played very poorly in the Olympics, but he did get, he was like third or fourth on the team in minutes. Yeah. I don't have my Olympic chart open right now, but he there was like a lot of people, you know, I'm sure you could go yeah. back and find some Bill Simmons columns of like, you know, Williams is better than Paul. Uh, hasn't, only averaged 20 points twice in his career, Chris Paul. Yeah, but he's a point guard. Yeah, but l- listen, if, you know, if you want to be in the top 25 all time, it would probably help to average more points. By the way, I'm just telling you that Darren Williams' best season, according to my list, in 2008, he finished 11th on my MVP ranking. And as I said, Chris Paul was first that year. Mm-hmm. The next year, he finished 15th, and Chris Paul was second. And the next year, he finished 14th, and Chris Paul was oh, Chris Paul was not on my list that year. What happened to Chris Paul so in if you have to, if you have to sign for... So in 2010, Darren Williams is better than Chris Paul. That's the only year of his career okay. that he was. And 10, and that, that's after you know, sort of the argument was happening. Um, Paul or Thomas for their career? You think Thomas is finishing ahead? Who? Isaiah or Chris Paul? Oh, Chris Paul's dramatically better. It's not close. Okay. Wait, you, you, you said Isaiah already? Yeah, I said Isaiah at 41. You didn't oh. listen to me at all last week, did you? I did, but who remembers? 
Isaiah is also one of the most overrated players of all time. Uh, advanced stats are very unfriendly to him. His PR for his career is 18. Chris Paul's PR for his career is 25.7. Mm-hmm. Isaiah had 80 win shares. Chris Paul already has 144. So Chris Paul has almost doubled the win shares of Isaiah, and his career is still going. Okay. I mean, Chris Paul is significant. Also, Chris Paul is a great defensive player. He's been in an all-defensive team eight to eight times, whereas Isaiah never has. Remember Isaiah? I told you. Isaiah finished top five in the MVP voting once, whereas Chris Paul does it just about every year. Mm-hmm. So, no. Isaiah is, Isaiah is one of the most overrated players of all time, and Chris Paul is probably underrated because, again, he hasn't had that playoff success yet. But uh, we'll see. The thing is, it, it ain't going to happen now on the Clippers. <laughs> so. Right. He's going to have to join that banana boat team, I think, if he wants a chance. You know, if he could somehow get himself traded to Cleveland, maybe he'll get a chance that way. By the way, if you're the Clippers, you would trade Kyrie for Chris Paul straight up just because of the age difference, right? Yeah, I, I would consider it. I, I definitely have a meeting about it. Oh, I think it's a no-brainer for the Clippers. I just don't the Cavs love would Kyrie. Not do it. The Cavs would not do it except no. for the fact that, that best LeBron friends. would say that they have to. Yeah, yeah, LeBron would definitely. LeBron would make yeah. them do that if it was an option. Yeah. Uh, 30, but, uh, I had John Havlicek. Okay. Oh, wow. So I have John Havlicek at number 29. Okay. So we, we really are quite simpatico here. Havlicek... No, you're going to get very angry in about four people. You're going to start going crazy. Oh, because you're going to disrespect KG. I no, just no, I don't even mean KG specifically. Oh. I just mean... Okay. Um, so John Havlicek, you know, along with, with Pippen and Stockton, who's, who's coming very shortly on my list, you know, the ultimate second banana, he spent the early part of his career behind Bill Russell and the later part of his career behind Dave Cowens. But he also had individual excellence much more than Pippen or Stockton. Like, can I just give you John Havlicek's numbers in 1971 and 1972? Yes. Okay. Those two seasons, he played 163 of 164 games, averaged over 45 minutes per game. Those are, those are numbers that nobody would come close to today. And remember, that's when they were flying coach. You know, Here's his numbers that year. 28.2 points, 8.6 rebounds, 7.5 assists. That's bonkers in any era. I mean, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. For his career, he played 1,270 games, but he put up 21-6-5, made eight All-NBA teams. Oh, and he won eight titles. That's good, right? Eight is good? Yeah. So, yeah. So, here's the reason that he's only number 29. His career PR is 17.5, which is by far the lowest of anyone in my top 50. And he ultimately was never the best player on a title-winning team. So, who's your 29? Uh, my 29 is Steve Nash. Oh, my goodness. Wait, but last week you admitted that... Oh, yeah, you don't remember anything you said last week. <laughs> I was very tired last week. Good news, I'm much more tired this week. Uh, last week, you admitted that Nash should be below Peyton and Kidd because of defense. Below Peyton and Kidd? Yeah. Last week, we discussed... Who says Gary- I don't have Peyton and Kidd coming up still? All right. So your top 25 is all point cards. Got it. All right. <laughs> I don't have... Gary Payton is not coming up on my list. Okay. All right. Uh, speaking of point cards, so number 28 on my list is John Stockton, who is the ultimate second banana. He's the only guy in my top 30 who wasn't a perennial MVP candidate. In fact, he's the only guy in my top 30 who never was a top five MVP candidate. Yeah. That's, but that's because Carl Malone was on his team. No, he's but the here's the thing. I've been thinking about this a lot with Stockton. I, I spent a lot of time thinking about where I would rank him. If you gave every GM in the NBA, or the smart ones, take out the 12 real dummies uh, right now, and you could, they could analyze the, you know, their careers, like, and you say, would you rather have Isaiah Thomas or John Stockton? I do think the majority are taking Isaiah Thomas. No, you're wrong. If, no John, if John Stockton is your best player, if Isaiah Thomas is your best player, you have won a championship. Like, they won a championship. There is no chance you win a championship with Isaiah Thomas as your best player. Didn't, there is no chance. Wait, didn't it happen? Who was their best player? Did you Dumars? listen to anything I said last week? They also won a championship with Chauncey Billups as their best player in 2004. They didn't win because Chauncey was their best player or because Isaiah was their best player. They won because they had the really deep team with five or six all-star caliber guys. So, they a had, minute ago, you they said had Dennis Rodman there is and Bill no Lambeer chance, and Joe Dumars. There is no chance... That you win a championship with Isaiah Thomas as your best what player. What you mean as, as an alpha. And then, and and then uh, proceeded to admit that they did, in fact, win a championship. Not because he was, was their, their best, best player. player. Who will, okay. In spite of Isaiah Thomas, who was their best player, they won the well, title. Well, actually, actually, Bill Lambeer was statistically the best player all those years. Most of those years, mm-hmm. anyways. Dennis Rodman was their best player a couple of those years. Mm-hmm. I mean, they also had Adrian Dantley. They had Vinnie Johnson. They, they were a great so team. Guys. Great team. Yeah. Best player, championship team, Isaiah Thomas. Okay, if you put John Stockton on the 04 Pistons, they win more easily. And if you put him on the 89 and 90 Pistons, they probably win as well. All right. So agree to disagree. Okay. Also, hold on. If you want to compare the two players, Isaiah Thomas played 900 games and John Stockton played 1,500 games. Okay. Yeah. So John Stockton's career was 60% longer. Mm-hmm. And, and John Stockton, by the way, his PR was 22, four points higher than Isaiah's. His win share is 208. Isaiah's was 80. John Stockton, 11 times an all-NBA player, according to the actual voters, 12 times according to me 
whereas Isaiah was five times. John Stockton five times how an all-defensive times, player. How many, like, 100-year-old basketball leagues did John Stockton ruin? How many $12 million lawsuits did John Stockton force by sleeping with some lady in a van? <laughs> but as you remember when I said at the top of last week's podcast, it's about the length of career also. But even the point is, Stockton, if his career was as long as Isaiah's, is still better. But Kavach, but all the more so, I almost slipped there, all the more so when you add six, over 500 more games that he played, Right. That's versus mm-hmm. eight seasons of a replacement point guard, right? Would you, ra- would you rather have Isaiah for 980 games and some replacement-level guy for 600 games or Stockton for 1,500? I mean, then it's a no-brainer. Stockton's the all-time leader in assists and steals, and neither of those records will ever be broken. He's third all-time in games played. In his prime, he was putting up 14 assists per game. He's fifth all-time in win shares, by the way, um, although he's probably going to drop to eighth by the end of next year. Actually, he's not because he's right ahead of Duncan, but Duncan just retired, and, uh, and KG might be done. But he'll drop to seventh because Dirk and LeBron are right behind him as well. He, he never won a ring. That's true. But though the Jazz in 97 and 98 were historically great teams, and they just ran into the Bulls when they were historically great. So he never won a ring. The only guys in my top 30 without a ring, by the way, are Barkley, Carl Malone, Elgin Baylor, Chris Paul, and John Stockton. Okay. Can you believe that Isaiah is still the president of a WNBA team? That's not insane. Yeah, it's insane. Oh. <laughs> and Bill Embiid well, is his head coach. He must have pictures of Isaiah James of Dolan. Dolan. Yeah, there's no other logical explanation. <laughs> what who, pictures of him playing the guitar? Yeah. So who's number twenty-eight on your list? Twenty-eight is Kevin Durant. Okay, that's fine. I have a thirty-three. As I said, he's on the way up. Yeah, I, and listen, if I put Durant at twenty, that's not even wrong because there's no way he's ending up anywhere below that. I don't think. Well, if he, God forbid, dropped dead tomorrow, then he's only played six hundred forty games in his career. Yeah, so. that's fair. But I, I think, you know, yeah. 90th you you're, you're percentile of likeliness is, is he finishes in the top 20. So I have Durant yeah. at 28. ESPN and, uh, had Durant at 22 on their list when totally their list came reasonable. out in February. Yeah, except they had, tiny, Steph Curry. So they, had Steph Curry. they had Steph Curry at 23. That's not reasonable. Insane. Yeah. <laughs> One more right. year, maybe. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, so number 27 on my list is Rick Barry. Mm-hmm. Did not make my list. Okay. So Rick Barry is polarizing because he was an asshole. And he had a weird career. He went to the ABA. He feuded with people. He missed tons did of you know he, injuries. Do you know he shot free throws underhand? I, I read that in the same book that told me that uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick went to Harvard. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, he also played one of during the league's one of the weakest eras, but still he was dominant from the three, which is an unusual spot for dominance. Missed the season of his career in, in his, you know, basically when he, his prime was starting. Yeah, well, because he transferred to the ABA and because of the reserve clause. Yeah, he had to sit out a season. He also missed a much time to injuries, but he led the 75 Warriors to a title. He was, you know, nobody had a will to win more than he did just But about. the thing about the 75 Warriors is his numbers are incredible, right? 30 and a half points, six rebounds, six assists, three steals a game. He never came close to matching those numbers again, though. Well, I mean, his ABA numbers, he had like 35 points per game. Oh, yeah, you yeah, know, but in the yeah. NBA, I'm talking about. In the ABA, he had better numbers. He had 35 and a 34. Yeah, yeah but uh, he also, but those were like half seasons because of injuries. Yes, that's well, look, by but, far the yeah. best season of his career. Everything else was like 21, 22, For his career, 21. he averaged 25, 7, and 5 for his career. In the NBA, only 23, though. No, in his career as a whole, he averaged 25 points, 7 rebounds, and 5 assists per game. Yeah, but you're, you're including the ABA, and I'm not. Yeah, I'm including all his numbers. Yeah, but the ABA is e- yeah. easier competition. Why are we including okay. it? Yeah. Well, we discussed this last week also. Do you remember anything that happened last week? <laughs> what, is, what is Rick Barry's NBA playoff legacy? Well, that he won the 75 title. Yeah, just that he won the 75 title. I mean, he was amazing in 77 also. I think they played two rounds in 77. Uh, And his rookie, his his one NBA year, he averaged 35 points a game uh, in in his rookie season also. Yeah, I'll I'll note, by the way, I have him a little bit lower rated than a lot of people do. I had him once. I gave him a fourth place MVP vote. That's it. I have him only a four-time All-NBA first team, whereas in reality he got nine of them. And you know, um, where, with that, if you if you see, then you can't answer. Do you know who he went to college? You, you wouldn't get it on 10 guesses. Rick Barry. Well, if I won't get it, then just tell me. University of Miami. Oh, oh, would not have guessed that. I'm saying like nobody, you know, now it's become a better basketball school, but nobody would, would have guessed yeah. that back in the day. All right. So Rick Barry, uh, by the way, he was uh, featured on uh, two podcasts this week or in the last couple of weeks. Two? Both. Yeah. Well, This American Life. As well, well, it was really the, it was same, the same podcast. podcast just, no, yeah, pub, yeah. It was this American Life. Have you listened to the Malcolm Gladwell podcast revisions? I've, I've listened to all of them so They're far. They're very the good, right? Very good. Yeah. So when I give you a podcast recommendation, it's good. Except you didn't listen. You didn't like Doughboys, which is the best podcast in the game. Well, I don't. I don't. I don't like your comedy recommendations. Yeah. 
because I don't really li- I don't really like comedy podcasts generally. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure you're a fan of comedy. Says <laughs> so the guy who had no comedies in his TV or movie rankings. All right, okay, so let's keep moving ahead. Okay, so wait, so I have Rick Barry at 27. Who do you have at 27? Uh, my 27 is uh, Dwayne Wade. Oh my god, that's ridiculous. Wait, where did you put Dwayne Wade? Again, discuss at length. What last do I remember? I memorized. I know we talked about him. I don't know the exact number. It's a fair question. Do you remember me noting that Bill Simmons has him twenty fifth all time, and you saying in response, "Yeah, I can't agree with Simmons there. That's ridiculous." Mm-hmm. Yep. Number twenty six, Bob Cousy, first great point guard. Really, the first great non center. He defined what it meant to be a point guard for the league's first fifteen years, based until Oscar took over. He won six titles, but really, those were Russell's teams. Yeah. Obviously, it's hard to judge. Very you know, hard to how, judge. It's how would he play in any other judge. era? Yeah, and, and that's really true. Any but other Cousy, era, or just even another another team in his era without Bill Russell? No, because he, before Bill Russell came, he played. He started in 1950. He was an MVP of the league before Bill Russell showed up. Yeah, that's true. But the 1950 so, competition was like him and Mike and. Yeah, well, and and the next guy on my list, who we'll get to in a second. So, who do you have at 26? Well, I, Cousy didn't make my list, but I, I, listen, I have no knock against Cousy. I just didn't know what to do with him. Okay, that's fine. And his career is pretty short compared to most of these guys. 924 games. There's one, two, three, four, five, six guys ahead of him with fewer games. Seven, including Magic and Bird and a bunch of guys at the top of my list. His his career is as long as Bill Russell's. And also remember, they were only playing like 60, 72 games a year for most of his career. So that 14-year career, you add another, you know, 10 games a season. That's 26? That's 26, yeah. So my 26 is John Stockton. Okay, so I had him at 28, so that's very close. Mm-hmm. All right, so number 25, the highest, and in the top 100 anyway, only Jew on my list, Ooh. the league's first great forward, Dolph Shays. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't include Dolph Shays in my list. He played an incredible 1,000 games. You just said, by the way, Kuzi's crew was short at 924. That's very long, and the fact that Dolph played 1,000 games is insane, especially for his era, considering how, you know, as I said, the, the seasons were actually 70 games for most of Dolph Shays' career. Mm-hmm. Dolph started in 49. He retired as the league's all-time leader in everything, scoring, rebounds, everything. And even 52 years after he retired, he's still top 30 all-time in win shares. And he's one of only six players in NBA history to average 18 and 12. Yep. Those are Wilt, Artis, Moses, Bellamy, Hayes, and Dolph. But his scoring numbers for a dominant player aren't that special. And What are you talking about? He played 1,000 games and averaged 18 and a half points a game. Okay, let me ask you a question. Tim Duncan only scored 19 points a game. Bill Russell scored. Time out. Guys Time, out. Who Time, scored out. Time out. Bill Russell. Time out. Yeah. Dolph yeah. Shays shot 38% from the field. Yeah. Look at what the league. How, okay. But how do you like, but then how do you get away with it? He was just a, a, a high usage. He was that no, he era's wasn't. Jewish Marbury. No, no, he was he Jewish Marbury. He, no, look, the league as a whole shot 33%. So everyone was bad at basketball pre- and we're supposed to like reward in, that era by in putting him in our top 25? In the shot clock era, have you, look at Bill Russell's shooting for his career. Bill Russell was a worse shooter than Dolph Shays. Dolph Shays' true shooting percentage for his career is 489. Bill Russell's is 471. Bill Russell was a significantly worse shooter than Dolph Shays. His closest comp is Adrian Dantley. Where's he on your list? Adrian Dantley was, I think, 40... Okay, that's where Dolph Shays belongs. No, it's a it's a complete. He was he retired as the career leader in everything. As I said, point. He was the best player in NBA history when he retired. He retired as number one. Okay, right. Yeah, I, I don't he, listen. I don't have a problem with him, but the thirty eight percent from the floor really knocks him out of my uh, top twenty five. Okay, 30. so I guess Bill Russell's not on your list either. L- Russell, listen, because you're bragging about twelve rebounds a game, and Russell's putting up thirty rebounds a game. No, first, but they're completely different players. It was, Dolph Shays was a much better scorer, also. Mm-hmm. Dol- Dolph Shays. How PR many titles 20- did Dolph Shays win? In '55, he won a title for the Nats, and he was Playoffs MVP. His career PR, by the way, is so less than ten, right? Less than Bill 10? Russell's career PR is nineteen. Oh boy! So his PR is much better. All right. So why and do you put way, Bill Russell in, in like uh, at number eighteen or something? The, I the, you're the, ex- the experts love Dolph Shays. The best list of any I've seen is Zach Pelton at ESPN, who's a stats guy, mm-hmm. and he has Dolph Shays at number twenty-three. Okay. The stats guy doesn't have a problem with Dolph Shays' shooting percentage. Because he understands the context of the game, how it was played at the time. I don't have a problem with Dolph Shays, but I, there's enough warts in his resume that I have him down there. So the only th- wart is, is he played in a different era. Mm-hmm. By the way, I, I also met Dolph Shays. And, uh, oh, so somebody meets him. you. So, like, <laughs> I hope you meet Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, I met him, I met him in a uh, three-on-three Jewish basketball tournament in Philadelphia. Yeah, did he win? His team won? 
No, he was 88 years old. He was just like the honorary like coin flipper oh, or okay. referee or whatever. All right, so at 25, I have Isaiah Thomas. All right, obscene. Better but, than Whatever. Oh, my God, offensive. All right, number 24, mm-hmm. the first super-duper star in the league. Yeah, I would say my 24, not a super-duper star, but keep going. Elgin Baylor, uh-huh. for his career, 27, 13, and 4. The only person to match those numbers is Wilt Chamberlain. Yep. Uh, can I just give you Elgin's numbers in 61 and 62? Please. And I have Elgin higher than you, so I'm, uh, you don't have to sell me on him. But yeah. In 61, he averaged 35, 20, and 5. Mm-hmm. Not to be outdone, the next year he averaged 38, 19, and 5. Wow. Those are the first two years, by the way, after the Lakers moved from Minneapolis to L.A. Mm-hmm. He teamed up with Jerry West to form the best one-two punch in league history. Yeah. And I'm very careful when I say that. The reason I say that is because Wilt, Kareem Magic, Shaq Kobe, Duncan Robinson, Dr. J. Moses, they were not all at their super-duper peaks the way that Baylor and West were. Mm-hmm. And tragedy, of course, for Baylor is they kept running into the ridiculous Celtics. They can never win a title. And then he retires nine games into the 72 season, in which the Lakers not only win a title, but set an NBA record with 69 wins. Mm-hmm. The reason is this low is his career was very short, only 800 games. And the advanced stats are not very friendly to him either. No. All right. So who's number 24 on your list? I think I know who's coming. One Kevin Garnett. Uh, yeah. All right. We'll save Garnett for when I get him. Okay. Look, whatever. It's not, it's not atrocious. Oh, so you're saying it's... he made your top 24, Garnett. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> All right, number twenty-three. Ironically, he never averaged twenty-four points a game. So that's you know. Yes, he did in two thousand four when he won the MVP. He did not in the playoffs. Yeah, he did several times in the playoffs. What are you talking about? Average his high in his career high in the playoffs was twenty-two. I think that's completely false. He averaged he averaged twenty-seven once. Yeah, he averaged twenty-four twice. Three three times he did. Yeah. In the 2004 playoffs, he averaged twenty-four, fifteen, and five over eighteen games. He was playoffs MVP. Twenty fourteen, when the goat Timmy was still, uh, you know. Being the best player on the championship team, Kevin Garnett was averaging 6.9 points a game for a uh, pathetic Brooklyn Nets team. Yeah, Tim Duncan was definitely better that year, but in uh, the previous year... Definitely better. He was the best player on the team that won the championship. Hold on. The year before, he had had 30 points at halftime of game six. We will get to Garnett versus Duncan. Don't worry. All in good time. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So, number 23 on my list, a guy... Are we going to compare every single player? Now, 23 on my list, a guy who is probably not on your list because you don't know what you're doing... Artist Gilmore, without a doubt, the most underrated player in history. He did not even make the Hall of Fame until a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. He yeah, wasn't on the 50 at 50 list. Right. Other lists have him as Slam has him as 84. Yep. The only other person who has him in the top 50 is Kevin Pelton, who, as I said, is the smartest guy. He's the ESPN stats guy who mm-hmm. has him at 29, which is very close to where I have him. You know the ABA used to play 84 games, not 82? Yeah. Yes. It's funny. All right. I think the NHL played 84, 84 games for a couple of years, too, maybe. Or am I crazy? Well, because I think the WHL did also, so they were comping them. All sure. right, so a couple points about Artis Gilmore. Number one, uh, it's obvious that people ignore what Artis Gilmore did in the ABA because there's no other logical reason to understand how disrespected he's been. And that's unfair because he was tied with Dr. J as the greatest ABA player ever, and Dr. J gets all the credit for his ABA success, but for some reason, Artis doesn't. So it's true that by the time he got to the NBA, he was no longer like a top five MVP caliber player like he was in the ABA, but he was still a perennial all-star. Mm-hmm. He was still elite defensively. He made five all-defensive nods in the NBA. He's 10th all-time in win shares. He's 15th all-time in games. He's the only player ever to average 18, 12, and 2 in over 1,300 games. So Artis Gilmer uh, deserves a lot more respect. Yeah. Uh, he, he barely played 40 playoff games in his career in the NBA. Um, yeah. Be- because he, most of his career was in the NBA. I know, but I'm say. saying, like, it's, so it's hard to really give him too much credit for anything that happens in the NBA, you know, wins-wise. Well, he was a playoff MVP in the ABA, and he won a title. I do agree NBA. he's very underrated. I do think I should have given him yeah. more of a crack. His, his number one comp is Shaquille O'Neal. All right. Yeah, who's, number, who's your number 23? Uh, my 23 is Jason Kidd. Oh, my God. Wait, you have Jason Kidd ahead of Kevin Garnett? <laughs> well. <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. Yeah, that's, that's that's the most. I mean, now you're just being a troll. I'm that's being insane. There's no moment in their careers, and they started at the exact same time mm-hmm. that anybody would have picked Jason Kidd over Cameron Garnett in a million. If you had, if you had Tim Duncan and Chris Webber on your team and no point guard, you wouldn't have taken Jason Kidd over Kevin Garnett. Uh, Garnett could play point. Gar- Garnett could play point as he did in the 2004 playoffs after Sam Cassell went I down. I mean, Kidd brings a horrible team to the brink of a championship two years in a row. Okay, so okay, so hold Garnett, on. Glad you brought Garnett. Garnett. Brought horrible teams to the first round of the playoffs, 10 seasons in a row, without getting out of them. 
Oh my god! All right, now you're now you've really started something. So, well, well, you know uh, who started it? Garnett by never getting out of the first round of the playoffs for his entire career until he went to okay. Boston. And hold you on, know, hold on, hold on. Should we run through the numbers that he put up in the playoffs those years he didn't get out? The year that he put up 27, 16, and five, or twenty four, nineteen, and guess five. Guess what? He should have put up thirty five, twenty, and seven. That's idiotic. It's, it's not idiotic. Game. His team was atrocious. Jason Kidd, the person we're talking about now, hold on, not, hold on, not hold on, Kevin hold on, hold on, Garnett. Stop. We're, we're talking about no. Wait, it's my ranking. Jason Kidd, the person we're talking about now, was on a bad team. But he, the person he, but when they were putting up a fight against my beloved San Antonio Spurs in the NBA Finals, who came around and said, you know what? I'm averaging 26 and 17 like you're yelling about Garnett did. That's not enough. Got to up my game to the next level, a level Kevin Garnett did not have. Right. And we're, we're not talking. Almost had a quadruple double in game six of the NBA Finals. All right. Was that when he put up 20 and 18? When Duncan had a quadruple double minus one block or something like that. Uh, while, you know, Kevin Garnett had a quadruple okay. double at McDonald's that day. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. So nobody else, just so you know, vis a vis Jason Kidd, mm-hmm. nobody else is Jason Kidd. Only one person has him even in the top 30. Mm-hmm. And that was a list from 2011, and so that didn't have Wade and and, and Durant and Paul, yep. and, and so you know he's definitely outside the top. So he, there's no way he's a top 30 player. Okay, but Jared, the aforementioned Jared Jerome, he had him as high as you did as well. Yeah, and, and, you and said the reason his list was, was great. hold on, I and, the, and the reason was because he credited him with with taking a team to the finals twice. So we're gonna get to that yeah. in a second. First of all, let me let me mention what what, what Jason Kidd was in his peak, which was 99 in 2003. Okay. Those are the only five years he got MVP consideration. This is where he finished in MVP: seventh, fourteenth, sixteenth, twelfth, seventh. Twice in his career, a top 10 player in the league. I have different MVP numbers than you, by the way. Okay. But here's my biggest issue with him. You credit him for leading the Nets to the back-to-back finals. I don't think you realize how historically horrible the East was in those years. The East is always worse than the West. This is historically speaking. Let me. I wish that this. Minnesota, which hold is on. the easternmost team hold on. Hold on. in the, in the West, had been in the East so they could have oh, lost the freaking hold on. The Cleveland Cavaliers before LeBron in the first round. Let's talk about this. In 2002, the Nets won 52 games and were the number one seed in the East. They the, would not have made the playoffs in the West that year. The 52 they were, games? They would not have made the playoffs. Okay? Mm-hmm. The Jazz were the 8th seed that year. Listen, they were able to take their foot off the gas. Yeah. They could rest the Van Horn for the, for the big games. <laughs> the, ja- the Jazz were the 8th seed that year. Yeah. Remember, the Jazz, because they're in the West and all the West teams, had to play the other West teams four times a year and the East teams only twice. Whereas oh, the thanks for the explaining the NBA to Yes. Me. The Jazz record versus the East was better than the Nets record versus the West. So the Nets should not have been in the playoffs. They were the one well, obviously seed. Obviously, the Nets' record on, versus the on, West is going to be on. worse than any team versus the East. These sucked. But that's my point. But it, that if you flip the number of games they each played, they would not have been in the playoffs. That's my point. Okay. They only made the playoffs because they schedule. It, they made it there. They were, they like were respectable the twins. even in the finals. Hold on. Hold, uh, hold on. We're getting there. To get to the finals, the Nets played three mediocre 500 teams, none of whom would have won even 30 games in the West. Yeah, then they got to the finals and were swept in four games. Mm-hmm. So you can't give kid credit for that unless you give credit to a guy who leads some random mid-major to a conference title on NCAA berth and lose by 50 in the first round. So 2002, they get destroyed in the finals. Mm-hmm. They have a – they're atrocious. So now we get to 2003, which is what you referenced in the finals 2003 against the Spurs. Yeah. In 2003, the East was even more of a joke. Nobody in the entire conference won 50 games. Yep. Six teams in the West won 50 games. And again, remember, the West was playing far harder schedules. Mm -hmm. The Nets, 49 games they won that year, included they were one game over 500 against the West. Mm -hmm. The six, seven, eight seeds in the West had a 63% winning percentage against the East. Mm -hmm. Okay? Now, I'll say this. I will give the Nets credit. They were better in the playoffs than they were the previous year. They went 12-2 and against the abysmal East, and they did drag the Spurs to six games. But the point is, they wouldn't have even been in the playoffs at all if they were in the West. Mm-hmm. All right. Do you remember the year that Albert Pujols whined because Ryan Howard won the MVP over him? Yeah. Because Pujols said, "Oh, months. I made the playoffs. Yeah, I made the playoffs, and he didn't." Mm-hmm. Uh, that year, the Cardinals won 87 games, and the Phillies won 91 games. Right. Now the Cardinals actually ended up winning the World Series, but that's besides the point. Worst, the worst team had... to ever win the World Series. Yeah. Well, they... I think the 87 Twins are in that conversation. Yeah. Also. I, oh, I the hate. Car- car- I freaking hate. Look, I, I mean, because they beat the Mets, so I, I think about that team every day. And but yeah, the cards. The, the cards that year were bad, but they Wilson. were good. But they were great for that era. That was just their worst year, ironically, that they won. But the point Braden is, Looper. the Cardinals only made the playoffs. And look, as a Twins fan, I benefited from this in the last decade. Josh when the Twins, would, the Twins would win the division with 88 wins, it seems like the Blue Jays would Yachty miss the Molina. playoffs. Or, are you still whining about the uh, 2006? Yeah, keep going. Uh, I'm just going to name the entire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so Jason Kidd's team would not have even been in the playoffs if they weren't in the East. Mm-hmm. All right. 
Um, then they won, They went to the finals because he was playing an atrocious team. Kevin Garnett's team won way more games with a way tougher Josh schedule Katie. every single one of those years, but they had to play the Spurs in the first round of the playoffs or the Lakers every single year. So to Gucci. Yeah, keep right, going. Enough, enough with your so to Gucci. <laughs> Juan Encarnacion. What a terrible team. Yeah, anyway. So Jason Scott Kidd, Rowland was okay. You have him so insanely overrated. Also the fact that he couldn't hit a Scott jumper. Scott Spezio. All right, are you done? Mark Mulder. All right, let's get to number 22 Jeff on Supan the list. Supan pitches game seven of the NLCS. Shuts down okay, are, are you ready to get to uh, number 22 Jason on your list? Jason Marquis. Uh, yeah, and then remember, kid wins the Jason title. Jason Marquis, another Jew, by the way. Oh, he wins the title at age 37 as a starting point guard. Kid, to top off his wonderful career. Yeah, and unlike Gary Payne, he was, you know, he was like the third or fourth best player on that team. Now, if you want to, yeah. The 2011 finals, by the way, go down in history, is one of the craziest things to ever happen. It's insane that they won. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to Dirk in a second, but let's get to number 22, and that's Charles Barkley. Okay. I uh, know for me, it's Chris Paul. Okay. I know so you Charles think it's Bar- a little high, but again, we're projecting a little bit. <laughs> you have these guys ahead of Garnett. It's insane. All right. So here's the crazy thing about Charles Barkley. Garnett's career is over. Chris Paul the- could go win five championships tomorrow. Okay. If he yeah, joins the Warriors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so here's the crazy thing about Charles Barkley. He has become more overrated the further we get from his career. When he was retired... Mm-hmm. He was, and I have, I have the list from when he retired. When he was retired, he was considered about the 25th or 24th best player of all time. Okay? Mm-hmm. Since then, a whole bunch of guys who are not in the top 25 that have entered the list. Shaq, LeBron, Duncan, KG, Kobe, Dirk, etc. And yet, since then, Charles Barkley has gone up on a bunch of lists. Now, they have him at 20th, a bunch of lists that I've seen. One list even has at 18th. One list has him at 19th. And they have him above a couple of the power forwards I just mentioned. So we got to point out a couple things here. Uh, first of all, the reason Barkley's going up is because everybody loves him on TNT, which is stupid. That's got nothing to do with how we played. Let's remember how we played. Number one, Barkley did not play defense at all. At all. Don't he you think ultimately the reason, why, the reason why Barkley is so hard to rank is because just like physically, he's such an unusual player and we have no real parallel to him? But who cares that he was 6'4"? Pretend he's 6'10". It's the same thing. He, never, he was a great scorer, good rebounder, great mid-range shooter. He played no defense. None. Mm-hmm. So that's number one. Number two, he was always surrounded by tons of talent. He joins the mid-'80s Sixers who – I mean those Sixers basically had all-stars at every single bo- guy on the floor. They had Moses Malone. They had Dr. J. They had Mo Cheeks. Mm-hmm. They had Bobby Jones. Can't win a title there. Demands a trade, goes to the Suns. Those early '90s Suns, as we talk about Kevin Johnson who should be in the Hall of Fame, one of the most underrated guys. Dan Marley. I mean, great teams. Demands a trade there, goes to the Rockets, where they have Akeem, who's still playing like a superstar, and Clyde Drexler, who was on the way down, and then Scottie Pippen. All of that together, he only makes one finals. He was always a playoff letdown. Mm-hmm. His career was also shorter than almost everybody else on my list. He played 1,073 games, which is not bad. Anthony but Carl Malone and KG, Carl Malone and KG are Brad both in the 1400s. Thompson. Duncan and Dirk are both in the 1300s. Aaron so his Miles. career is 30 to 40% shorter than his competition. And so you can't be ranked higher than those guys, especially when, you don't play, especially when you don't play defense. So where do you have Charles Barkley ranked? Uh, well, we'll get to Barkley soon. So you didn't listen to what I just said. I did. Okay, so he played, his career was 40% shorter than well, Garnett. Wait, so, okay, fine. No so defense. you convinced me. What how, do you, how do you justify having him ahead of Garnett when, when he we, played 40% well, I'm not even games. up to him yet. Maybe he's number one on my list, dummy. But, what, like, and you act like you, you, I have him higher than you by a few numbers, not by a ton. And you are freaking out and you say, didn't you hear what I just said? As if I'm supposed to change my list now because you made such an eloquent argument but, for Barkley exactly. being lower. But I, I'm not. I'm do not you want me to big, change my list? Should I just make my list your list and we could have the exact same list? Well, I'm asking you, how do you justify having okay, him ahead we're of not Garnett, up to for him example? Yet. Why is he ahead of Garnett? Everyone should be ahead of Garnett. Garnett is lucky he made my top 50. <laughs> I think Terrell Brandon was really the brains of that team. <laughs> You're such a troll. That's the problem. You don't take this seriously. I'm taking this very seriously. No I, it's been yeah, a lot I, of time oh, I in can these tell. rankings. I yeah, did. I can tell you did. Yeah. I really did. All right. Okay. So but I did, I did lie about something. I, Steph Curry is my 21. It is stupid that they project him now, but I did it too. Wait, are you being serious? Yeah, I made him twenty-one. What? He's gonna he's gonna end up being like the eighth best player of all time. Okay, so when first of all, no, he's not. He's not gonna be lower than twenty-one. Here's what I figure. You want to bet right now? You want to bet right now? Steph, we've seen the best of Steph Curry. Steph Curry's finished. Especially how the French joins the team. Finished. He will never win an MVP ever again. How much? It's hard to win MVP. He may be the MVP. Let's bet $1,000 on that. No, because why would he ever win an MVP when right, he has on, Kevin Durant and Draymond Green on his team? He will never be first on his team in MVP votes again. You want to well, bet on that? Okay, he has an immortal player on his team with him. Wait, so Kevin Durant's also going to be a top eight player all time? 
The top eight is going to be this whole Warriors team. I mean, it's going to be like the Boston Celtics. It's going to be hard to... You realize you, wait realize you, can, only eight, you, realize you can only have eight guys in the, in the top eight. Yeah. And that's a theme we'll get to with Kobe. Everybody loves to call Kobe a top yeah, ten player, right. but literally nobody who's actually had made a list has in the top ten because you the top ten has to have ten guys. Right. So you can't put more guys in the top ten. It's Dolph Shays for the century, 38%. Yeah. I think, listen... Curry is not getting worse. You're you're just being a troll and saying stupid things that no one else. I love with. Steph Curry. No, you don't. He, you just said he's get he's never getting better again. And have you looked at the projections? He, he what he's done the last two years was insane, and it was because of a system. He's very very good. Oh, I you're love Steph saying Curry's. nobody's ever done it before, and not that like we should be like oh we should really rewrite the books because he's, he's the so greatest great. shooter in NBA history. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. we've seen what happened to him in the playoffs the last two years. What's the point Forget of basketball about, to shoot? So if he's the greatest shooter in NBA on. history, why is he going to be below Elgin Baylor historically? Um, because the previous greatest shooters, Reggie Miller and Ray Allen, you don't even have him in your top 50. Well, apparently. it's a different era where the three-pointer was not, as we established in the last podcast, not really important back then. In Ray Allen's era, it wasn't important? What are you talking about? It, I mean, it was, but Ray Allen wasn't a great player. Steph Curry is, you know. Ray Allen wasn't a great player? Oh, my God. How much pot are you smoking? Was he ever the – he was a very, very good player. Listen, I love Ray Allen. I'm a UConn fan, and Ray yeah. Allen is, is the best player to ever go to UConn. But – All right. But uh, anyways, but l- Curry was on. the best player on the team that won the championship. Uh, if we made this list in 2011, you would have had Derrick Rose in your top 10. How no, about I instead wouldn't have. Rose, because Rose was always injury prone. How about – no, I, in 2011 he was. Well, how about we do this based on performance, not based on what you think is going to happen in the future? i got to project that. Right. Okay. All right. Number 21 on my list. Your your list is is I mean I, I've seen some bad lists but mm-hmm. your list is worse than like a, no it's my list is way better than Simmons I couldn't believe how bad Simmons' list was your list is worse than Bleacher Report <laughs> Simmons' list is from two thousand nine all right okay uh, number twenty one on my list is Dirk Nowitzki okay okay the reason I have Dirk higher than Barkley I have one spot higher is very simple he's played three hundred more games that's the equivalent of four full seasons and Dirk is still going he's eighth all time in points he might make the top five he's never been good defensively but he tries much harder than Barkley. And we have to give him props for that insane title in 2011. It makes up for the one in 2006 he should have won that the ref stole from him. And he's also had a bunch of postseason letdowns. I mm-hmm. mean, his team lost to the eight seed once. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been, he really had a lot of bad playoffs. But in 2011, he made up for all of it when his team won just one of the greatest upsets of all time. It's incredible that that happened. Yes. He also deserved to win two MVPs. He only won one because Nash stole one of them. Mm-hmm. A bit re- cause he's, like, he's considered revolutionary because of his shooting, which I think is a bit overrated because Bird did the same thing a couple generations before. And like people say, oh, well, Bird was a small forward, not a power forward. But first of all, that's not even true. Bird was power forward the first few years of his career. And the only reason he was a small forward is because they had Parrish and McKay on the team. But, you know, it was more big friendly era. But if Bird played today, he'd obviously be a four. Mm-hmm. And not like a stretch four. He'd be like a legitimate four. So that's why I have Dirk this high. And I can't have Dirk higher than like KG, for example, because very simply, KG is one of the greatest three or four defensive players of all time. Mm-hmm. And Dirk is below average on that half of the floor. Okay. Uh, where do you have Dirk? Uh, when, if we get to him, we'll get to him. This is Alex chiming in after the fact with an editor's note and a spoiler alert. We don't get to him. Akiva did not rank Dirk at all. And when I asked Akiva later, why didn't you rank Dirk? He said, oh yeah, I just forgot. So just remember, we're talking about a guy who's spent blood, sweat, and tears in years making his list over a guy who, oops, forgot Dirk Nowitzki. You're such a troll. All right, um... Number 20, Bob Pettit. Yeah. Where's he on your list? I think he's like 37. Uh, so Bob Pettit, all he did was average 26 and 16. His dominance at power forward blew Dolph Shays out of the water. He took the reins from Mike and is the NBA's dominant player. I mean, those absurd career averages, that 26 and 16, matched only by Wilt. The only downside for Bob Pettit is he only won a single title despite playing in like a 10 or 12 team league and mm-hmm. his career was only 11 years long. Other than a couple of active guys and Mike and nobody in my top 50 has a career that short. But if he played a couple more all-star years, he'd be top 15 for sure. And he's totally forgotten. When people talk about greatest power forward ever, you know, Bob Pettit's numbers blow. Duncan Malone, everybody's numbers are blown out of the water. By yeah, he was, he was very good, Bob Pettit. Yeah. All right. Number 19, David Robinson. My 20 was the bass bowl himself, Elgin Baylor. Oh, okay. All right, number 19, David Robinson. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Robinson's stats are incredible. Bill Simmons once said that 30 years from now, people will, who never saw them play will think he was better than Akeem. Yeah. And you know what my response is to that is? Yeah. Maybe he was. Nah, I, it just – ultimate. listen, obviously I love David Robinson. I bought David Robinson's socks recently that you know have, their, have his whole body on them dunking, and I'm a grown-up. 
and I have David Robinson mm-hmm. socks. But ultimately, Hakeem and David Robinson went up against each other in their prime, and Hakeem owned David Robinson. So I, I just I, can't, I couldn't put Robinson ahead of Hakeem. It's not it's not possible. Okay. Now let me give the counterpoint. And first, I have Hakeem higher than Robinson because yeah. his career is way longer. Yeah. But Hakeem's teams had down seasons. Hakeem missed the playoffs several times, which Robinson never did. Yeah, never did. Now, Akeem won those two titles, and Robinson didn't really, you know, he didn't do much in the playoffs until Duncan showed up, and it was, you know, immediately seen as Duncan's team. He didn't but do really, much. He did a lot in the playoffs. You mean he didn't go far? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Until they Duncan never made up, a yeah. conference finals, I, I believe. Yeah. But, um, you know, what I'll say, basically, the biggest issue is Robinson's career is so short because he joined the league when he was 24 years old. Yeah. He's dominant Sorry, on both I, 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 you know, I was hoping you would support the troops, but I, clearly you don't. Yeah. He's one of my three favorite players of all time. Mm-hmm. He is 1994. He's one of only 16 seasons ever with 20 win shares. Yep. Can I give you the list of guys who've had a 20 well, win share on, season? Hold on. Well, it's not going to impress me because he's David Robinson. There's no one else who even belongs on the list with him. Kareem, Wilt, Michael, MJ, Oscar, or LeBron. I believe in different years, David Robinson won a scoring title, a different year, a rebounding title, a different year, a blocks title, a different year was named Defensive Player of the Year, and a fifth year was named MVP. Yeah, not bad. I love David Robinson. Not bad. I love David Robinson, and and, I, and I'll be the first to admit that his scoring title, which should have like like a mini thirty for thirty on it, is completely illegitimate. Seventy one points against the Clippers on the yeah, final yeah. night of this the season. Last game of the year. Yeah. Well, we saw what happened with Kobe the last night of the season. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been funny if that was for the scoring title. So many hot oh, takes. Oh, Kobe, Kobe were shot seventy times. Oh yeah, he would have scored one hundred fifty. Kobe would still be shooting, yeah. They, they would have like added 10 minutes to the game extra just to let him keep shooting. Yeah, but the bottom line for Robinson, again, it's about career length. He played under 1,000 games, mm-hmm. and so it's hard to compare that to guys, you know, like the next two guys on my list who played almost 1,500 games. But but we don't punish Joe DiMaggio for missing like three – Ted Williams, I mean, for missing all those years for the Army. So I, I don't know why we're, we're – we're Yeah, well, well, yeah. So yeah he Ted goes Williams. to college for four years. Like Robinson literally misses six or seven years – for the for college slash you know uh, navy what compared no, to what not he six or seven what are you talking about he joined league at twenty four he missed three years or four years at the most no these guys all came in at eighteen so he plays one year in college Kevin Garnett was the first guy to come in under twenty in twenty years My point, I just about? said that had he been born in a different era and not going oh, gun oh. to the navy he could have played another five years easily okay so that's fair I agree with you about that. But again, it's not about potential. Like we said with Kevin McHale, it's about what he actually did. And what he actually did was he played, you know, Moses Malone and Kevin Garnett's careers were 50% longer than David Robinson's. Yep. So. Yeah, no, listen. I, but I, yeah, I, but I mean, I, I love David Robinson. Also, can we just point out David Robinson's body, not just the greatest basketball body of all time, mm-hmm. probably one of the greatest three or four human bodies ever yeah, created. Yeah, he's a smoke right? show. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. <laughs> go, go to his picture on his basketballreference.com page. He's just shooting a free throw. But his, I mean, it's like incredible. Yeah, so that's David Robinson for your number 19. Man, Who's number 19 on Never heard list? anybody say anything bad about Robinson. Yeah, and he's still got a 32 waist, unlike Jerry Seinfeld. Who's uh, number 19 on your list? The round mound to rebound. All right, so again, didn't play defense, but I guess you Okay, listen, yeah, I guess you don't appreciate people who shoot 58% in their career from two-point range. Yeah, he was a very good shooter. Very good shooter. Yeah, well, I mean, what what's the point of basketball? To get snacks at halftime? He was first of all, probably the best at that, too. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> he was an amazing well, shooter, the, the, an amazing The point rebounder. of basketball is to get wins, and his win shares are, you know, outpay. Even David Robinson has more win shares than Charles Barkley. Listen, his closest right. comps are Dr. J and Kevin Garnett. People right there with him in these rankings. Yeah, those are close comps, except for the fact that he didn't play defense at all, and Kevin Garnett is one of the greatest defensive players of all time. MVP and votes. So the- sixth, sixth, fourth, sixth, second, fourth, twelfth. MVP. 10th, 6th, 12th, 16th. What are you talking about? Barkley? Yeah. Okay, now should we talk about what his MVP votes should have actually been? Uh, yeah, in the, in the Chester VP? Chester VP? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's v, uh, uh, VVP, we call them. I, ha- I have them with a total of 14 votes. And mm-hmm. hold on, let's do year by year. 14 okay. receiving votes, you mean? Okay. Starting in 86. 6th? 5th? 5th? 4th? 4th? 6th? Yeah. 18th? Mm-hmm. Third, yeah. that's the year he won, but won. he should not have won it over Jordan in 93, although that was a very close year. And who year. should have been second? Malone? Akeem. A- Akeem, Barkley, and Jordan were incredibly close in the vote. It's one of the closest votes ever, and th- there's an argument for all three. But mm-hmm. again, Jordan and Akeem, two of the greatest defense players of all time, Barkley played no defense, so that's why I do it. Mm-hmm. Then I have Barkley at ninth the next year on Phoenix. Then I'm at fifth. Mm-hmm. Then I'm at twelfth. Then I'm at thirteenth. Then I'm at thirteenth. Mm-hmm. And then I, yeah, so that's where I have him. So yeah, he's one of the greatest players of all time. Yeah, I don't know why why you're ragging on him. 
I'm not. But now, you want to hear Garnett year for the year now? No. Just to compare? We're doing it. Garnett. Wait, seventh, we're, no, but then we don't eighth, talk about Garnett when we're up to Garnett. Seventh, no one eighth, wants to hear about third, Garnett. Fifth, third, second, first, fifth, tenth, eleventh, second, fourteenth, thirteenth, mm. and then and then his career's over. All right, effectively over. Although he, he did finish twelfth one year, but no, that was ridiculous. All right. Okay, so number eighteen on my list is Moses Malone. Uh, okay. Yeah, I don't have I don't have a problem with Moses there. All right. Moses jumped to the ABA straight from high school and he played forever, so he's sixth all time in games. He was a two time MVP. Uh, he actually won three, but he only deserved two because Kareem deserved it in seventy nine and only lost because the voters had Kareem fatigue after Kareem had earned like eight in a row the previous nine years. Mm-hmm. But Moses did have a small window from 80 to 82 where he was the best player in the league right after Kareem's peak and before Bird and Magic took off. Kareem, or excuse me, Moses and Kevin Garnett are statistically almost identical players, and I have Garnett one spot ahead of him at 17. And very simply, the reason is defense because they played – Moses played 1,455 games. Garnett played 1,462 games. So Garnett played seven more games. So the careers were literally the identical length. Uh, you know, Garnett's number is a little bit better. His PR is 0.7 better. His win shares are – he has 13 more win shares. Mm-hmm. But the main difference between them, again, is Moses was a pretty good defender. He made an all-defensive team twice. Garnett made it 12 times, including nine mm. times on the first Do team. Value which nobody else, okay. Yeah, which nobody else has ever done. Garnett won Defensive Player of the Year, of course, which Moses never did. So that's why I have Garnett one spot ahead of Moses, mm-hmm. but they're very similar. Who do you have at 18? Uh, at 18, I have one Scottrick Pippen. Wow. Where do you have Pippen? 18? I had him at 36, and I have him higher than everybody. Yeah. To me, I, listen, to me, we, ultimately, he's one of the hardest people to rank because we don't really – we need to see his career without Jordan. But in my head – Well, we did, we did see two seasons without Jordan. And it was Jordan. amazing. He was amazing. He was much worse than Kevin Garnett in those two seasons. No, he wasn't. Let oh, I me mean, look at his numbers. Yes, he was. <laughs> in what way was Look he, at his numbers in those two years. He put up like 22 points a game, seven rebounds a game. Uh, yeah, he was the he's the best wing wing you know until Kawhi Leonard came along, best wing defender of all time. You well, just said you were just talking about how you t- value top defense. Three. Yeah, he's top three. Jordan's better than him, but yeah, yeah, Garnett's top three defensive player of all time. Also, mm-hmm. Garnett had more all NBA defense first teams and more second teams yeah. and more uh, defense player of the year awards. Yeah, Garnett uh, finished one once and had finished second, I think, three times. You know, at a, least twice, a, know. an historically great passer, Pippen. Yes. He was a good passer, yeah. He was good. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's way too high, but whatever. Okay. Okay, so as I said, number 17, I have KG on my list. At Moses, I said, I have a smidge behind KG. As I said, identical numbers. And I, I will say this. So as I said, KG's rate stats are all better. His PR is better. His win share is better, et cetera. Moses' traditional numbers are a bit better, but mm-hmm. it's a little misleading because KG spent his first couple of years as the only teenager in the NBA. So his rookie year, he put up like 10 and 6, for example, while Moses spent his first couple of years in the ABA where anybody remotely decent put up like comically in monster numbers because there was only like And what's this, number 17? Yeah. All right, so I also have Moses at 17. Okay. And, uh, and as I said, you know, KG is in the conversation as the greatest defensive player of all time with Russell, MJ, Akeem, and Robinson. So we have KG the same revo- top – oh, we don't have the same top 16. I have one guy yeah. one guy that you – KG uh, revolutionized the game more than Moses did. KG put up 22, 13, he, and 5. How, how did KG revolutionize the game? He put up 22, 13, and 5 twice. You know who else done that ever? Mm-hmm. Wilt and Kareem. And they did it with sheer size. Oh, so you mean people had already done it, but he revolutionized it by doing it for the no. third time. No, yeah, but they did it just because they were a foot taller. I, I'm not else. interested in in Steve Jobs making the yeah. iPod or like I, I want the no. guy who like copied the Zune. I want the third yeah, guy no. to do it. All right, great. Um, KG and Dirk are the two guys who were like revolutionized power forward. What it means? Mm-hmm. KG put up 23, 13, and six. The only person to ever do that was Will Chamberlain. They didn't Duncan by like actually being good at revolutionized being power forward or or just KG for well, we'll get, Duncan numbers. is not actually a power forward. He was a center, but we'll get to that. Yeah, okay. uh, for his career, KG's tenth in rebounds, twentieth in points, ninth in win shares, fifth in games, seventeenth in steals, nineteenth in blocks. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to argue KG versus Duncan. I'll concede that Duncan wins that one. Yeah, we're not going to even I talk will, about that. Hold on, no, but I will say the question of how their careers would have fared if they flipped teams is very interesting. Very interesting. Duncan never misses the playoffs. Obviously, hold on. I, I, I and just he said, never loses their, in the first round once if, in his career. If you flip their teams, I just yeah. said. Yeah. Okay. Duncan does better than KG. Okay, so hold on. So uh, and hold KG on, does on, win titles on, though. Not hold as on, many, hold but on. he wins. Okay. Okay, so hold on. During their primes, and you brought this up last week, and then you backed off when you realized you lost. From 2000 to 2012, from 2000 to 2012, you said, oh, during their primes, Duncan had better numbers. Every uh, year. Garnett had more points, more rebounds, more win shares. Yeah, he needed higher more PER, points. More higher PER. Yeah, Duncan, now, Duncan didn't need to score as much. 
All right. The point is, it's closer than people realize. And now he, we will open up my KG versus Duncan year by your chart. No, we're okay? not opening up. We already yeah, had this yes, conversation. I no, won't no, discuss no, it. We, we, we haven't discussed had this Michael Jordan versus you know uh, Jared Jeffries. Like, I, why are we okay. having this conversation? Okay, so let's go year by year. So uh, Duncan's rookie season, he comes in, takes the league by storm. I don't I even know. The... We're not having this this conversation. Yeah. Because... Call Akiba. me when KG if you're in his late thirties. So in his if... late thirties. Okay, okay, let's up, talk about his late... Puts up 25 okay, hold on, at halftime in Game 7. Hold on, hold on, let's talk game about six. their late 30s. Let's talk about their late 30s. Mm-hmm. From age 33 to 35, and these guys are the exact same age, age 33 to 35, KG was dramatically better than Duncan, and there was all the articles at the time about how it's sad to see Duncan go when KG's still going. So let's go year by year and remember what happened. You what, wrote what these happened? articles on your blog, hold on, I think. Hold on, no, no, hold on, let's, let's talk about it. In 2010, they're both 33 years old, okay? Mm-hmm. In 2010... Duncan loses in the second round of the playoffs. KG drags his team all the way to the finals. They lose in game seven. Drags his team. He had a, a Hall of Famer at small forward. He had no, an Paul amazing point, point guard. No, Rajon Rondo was amazing. Okay, hold on. Okay, so let's get to the next year. Drags okay, the next year his age, team. Okay, hold on. The next year at age 34. At this point, Duncan puts up 13 and 8. KG puts up 15 and 9. KG put up more points, more rebounds. Mm-hmm. Okay, high, uh, higher efficiency. I'm going to guess his usage was a lot hold higher. Hold on, hold on. Higher wind shares. Mm-hmm. Higher wind shares. Higher shooting yeah, percentage. Duncan Smart higher true, said, rest higher, me for the higher, playoffs where I'm higher still true. dominant. Okay, okay. Let's get to the playoffs. In the playoffs, Duncan lost in the first round, put up 12 and 10. When KG, 2011? Yeah. Well, their whole team got hurt. Okay, okay, fine. KG took his team uh, to the second round and put up 15 and 11. Okay, his efficiency was 25. Duncan's efficiency Why was 18. Why are we even talking about this? Because you said who was better. Duncan was the best player on five right, teams to win a championship. Okay, okay, hold on. Let's get to the next year. Let's get to age 35. Age 35. Mm-hmm. Duncan has a bit of a renaissance, puts up 15 and 9. Unfortunately for him, KG also puts up 15 and 9, but has a higher efficiency, higher win shares. Oh, I'm so the, excited. Yeah, let's in hold on. age. Okay, and then we're talking about the 2012, playoffs. where Tim yeah. Duncan. Okay, yeah. just, before okay, you're just looking at numbers. Tim Duncan is the best player on a team that has the best stretch of basketball in April and May history in, in the entire history of the NBA. Wait, what they happened win, in the playoffs? They win 20 the games in a row. In the, playoffs, in the playoffs, they run into a team that has Kevin Garnett, Serge Ibaka, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden. That's what happens okay. in the playoffs. And they lose okay. very close games four times, and they, and, they, and they lose in six after winning 20 and, in a and row. And did Duncan step it up? What were Duncan's yeah, numbers in the playoffs? He did step Seventh, it up. He, he had 17-9, which is okay, which is respectable. All right, now what did KG do that year? KG was on a team, Boston, that was completely broken down by no, this point. broken down. Ray Allen had gone to the enemy. Yeah. Okay? Broken down. Paul Pierce was a shell of himself. Yeah. Rondo, for some random reason, had a really down season that year. Mm-hmm. KG yeah, dragged probably his team. Probably because playing with Kevin Garnett is awful. And okay, hold on. Want to kill just, hold on. No, no, no. Let's, let's talk about this. The Spurs got run off the court by Oklahoma City. Right? Run, they lost you, in six games. Okay, okay, hold on. Okay, okay, They okay, win fine. that they series seven times out of ten. Serge Ibaka okay, goes they, ten for ten they, from the floor They in lost game. four games in a row and couldn't even make it to game seven, right? No, oh, you're an idiot. Oklahoma, I hope everyone on, realizes how much Oklahoma you're City, trolling. Oklahoma City that year must have been really good, right? The, literally, the best... The, okay, the okay, so wait, wait, what, hap- what happened to Oklahoma? The of the okay, so what happened to Oklahoma City the next round? They must have won the title, right? Oh, no, they, they got killed by the yeah, Heat. You know what right? they did? They ran out of steam from having to beat the best team in the NBA <laughs> in okay. six games. They okay, ran totally now, out of steam. Who's the, only, who's the only team, other than the Spurs in the finals, who's the only team to drag the Heat in the Apex with their big three to seven games? Oh, it was Kevin Garnett and the Celtics that year. Kevin Garnett, at the age of 35, was Wait, the best player in the playoffs. them to that- seven games. We beat him by 40 four times the next What do you, what do you mean? What are you talking about? The Spurs. You, lo- you lost Oklahoma City, who lost to Miami in five. Time out. Meanwhile, the, the Celtics took Miami to seven, and Garnett threw the in, playoffs at age 35. 2014. Just hold on. 2014. The, the, Spurs, old man. the Spurs ended the ser- like every game in the second quarter. Garnett. Are you crazy? Garnett's- Hold on. Garnett's 2012 playoffs mm-hmm. are the greatest old man playoffs ever. Okay. At 35 years old, mm-hmm. he was the best player for the Celtics. He put up 19.2 points, mm-hmm. 10.4 rebounds, mm-hmm. 22.6 efficiency. Yeah. Okay. Literally Duncan the exact got... same numbers Duncan puts up the next year at age 36. Hold on. No, he did not. The next year, Duncan put up 18 and 10. I'm sure in, not, in not, not many less minutes, in 33 minutes. And his, a uh, and his, okay, well, his efficiency was lower also. By a full point. Okay. Again, by point nine, 25 by points at halftime of the deciding game. 
Okay, and yet over the entire playoffs, he wasn't as good as Garnett. And he had a way better team. He wasn't even, yeah, Kawhi Leonard was the best player on that team. I'm going to find G chats from Alexander Chester saying <laughs> no, that Duncan is the MVP of the series. There are so oh, yeah, many no, of them. I agree. So no, many, a, I have so no, many G chats. As you, you may that. recall. Oh, my God. And yeah, I thought, but forget about the fact that Kawhi got it over Duncan that year. What about the fact that Tony Parker stole one from Duncan in 2005? That was much me, worse. It, uh, it upsets me very much. It, too much. Yeah. Chris Duncan. Anyway. Ronnie so the point is, if you compare them players. year by year, if you compare them year by year, Garnett to Duncan, okay? You're making me upset. Based on the regular season Anthony alone. Reyes. Akiva. For the 19 years their career overlapped. Jorge Sosa. Their numbers are virtually identical. Oh in the God. playoffs, Duncan was better. Yeah. But again, that's why I said, what happens if they swap? Why teams? are we that's even having this conversation? Because their numbers are virtually identical. And Garnett's numbers are actually better until the last three years when Garnett fell off a shelf once he went to Brooklyn. He became terrible. And Duncan, who was worse than Garnett at age 33, 34, 35, by a small margin, blew Garnett out of the waters at age 36, mm. 37, 38, 39. Okay. Blew him out of the water. Yeah. What Duncan's done the last couple of years is incredible. This year, he sort of fell off. But what he did in 2014... Right, this year he fell off and was, by every statistical metric, the best defensive player in the NBA. <laughs> well, I guess everyone is Akiva's dreams no, and Akiva's by, by, by like both and Akiva's wet the, dreams. Like the two main like uh, hardcore statistician defensive metrics. I'm, no, I'm the one who found you that stat. And let's be honest, it had Duncan and KG 1 and 2. Yeah, no, I have no problem with KG playing defense this yeah. year in very yeah. limited minutes. But he played defense. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, number 16 on my list, George Mikan. I don't know why I forgot to rank Mikan, honestly. Not like forgot, but I, I, I sort of like left him out on purpose. If you want to object to this, I have no issue. He only played seven years yeah. and only six at a high level. Only and, four and, and, and he was the only good player. So we have no way to like gauge what he was doing. But it, Well, but it's not his fault. The league didn't exist before that. No, I know. That's not true. Well, it's mostly you know, his fault. He Golf Shays and Bob Cousy played at the same time. But his dominance was matched. The only people ever was dominant as him is Will Chamberlain. Maybe you could argue Kareem. He defined the game. He changed the game. You know, they expanded the, the lane just to try and keep him out of the lane. His team was basically automatic title winner every year that he played. And the only other people could say that are Russell and MJ. I give him five playoff MVPs, and the only people who can top that mm. are uh, the aforementioned Russell and MJ. Okay. So, uh, yeah, but George Mike in short career. So who do you have at number 16? At number 16, I have Carl Malone. Okay, we'll get to Carmelo. That's not a bad ranking. Putting him at number sixteen is like putting Kevin Garnett at number twenty-four. You're, you're humiliating. You have yourself. you have Malone in the top ten. That's ridiculous. Well, we'll get to that. What's your All next right. tier? Because I think this podcast is almost done here. All right. Well, my tier is here. My, my tier cuts off right here. So I think the we, top I think, fifteen. I, I know the top said... fifteen are pretty much set in stone, okay. in my opinion. And do we? And we don't have the same fifteen. We don't. Well, because well, we I don't, don't have Carmelo in my fifteen. Okay, the top 15 are the only 15 guys who you can put in the conversation for top 15. To me, there's a very clear cutoff here. There's a big gap between, between Jerry West and Kevin Garnett. And George Mikan, again, is sort of, you can put George Mikan wherever you want. I'm trying to figure out now who, who I have in my 15 that you don't have. Wait, who did I say? I'm a little tired. So Carl Malone, you have Carl Malone. Yep. And you don't have, oh, okay, yeah, I know who. Okay, oh, fine. David Robinson? Yes, I have David Robinson, you have Carl Malone. That's fine. That's pretty reasonable. And then everybody else, we have the same. I mean, you have Dave Robinson way too high, obviously. But by the way, I need to make apologies. I made fun of, <laughs> I made fun of um, Bleacher Report for their list. I said your list was worse than Bleacher Reports. But it's a good list. But uh, but Ble- well, Bleacher Report had uh, KG at number fifteen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you gotta respect them. Okay. Um, the only ones who had KG outside the top twenty-one. Oh no, I don't want to. Okay, is, so let's wrap this up. The only the only one who was KG outside the top twenty-one is you. And then Sports Illustrated. But Sports Illustrated's list is such a – I mean, Sports Illustrated's list was insane. I think they were just like throwing shit against the wall, literally. They had Elvin Hayes in the top – like at number 19. All right. So I, uh, people said like – even... All right. Let's go back to the podcast one second. Yeah. People said that like, hey, you know, some people said I don't follow basketball. I want to come back to the podcast. Let me know when it's done. And unfortunately, we're going to have to do our – we're going to have to extend this to a third week. Maybe next week we can record like another – uh, piece maybe at the end of that one or, or a separate smaller podcast. I have a couple ideas for, you know, our, our late July podcast. It's almost football season. Also, it's almost football season. It's almost Olympics, which I love, and hopefully we'll do something on the Olympics. Well, we have an Olympic pool that's coming up. Yeah, we oh we have a big we'll, Olympic. We'll, pool. we'll talk about that later. Yeah, yeah we'll I think maybe we'll, pay, we'll talk about that next week or in two weeks. It's too early. Yeah, for that, but I, we, I spent a lot of time working. A lot on this. of time. It's very it, good. I, it's very good. I think it's, it's going to work even, nicely. Yeah, I think it will. I think people. I don't. I can't like gauge how many people are actually going to join it but it's really good well you have to be basically have a you know a gambling problem or be obsessed with the olympics well i don't think you have to be obsessed i think it helps like everyone watches it so why not have a 
a relatively cheap gambling Well, that's interest. the point. Yeah, this, this is like March Madness. This is super easy. You fill it out. You don't have to know anything. I mean, everyone watches the Olympics. The Olympics do much better numbers than like Game of Thrones, much better numbers than Walking Dead, much better numbers than anything on TV. And you have to watch it live. Well, except that NBC doesn't show it live. <laughs> no, they do Even now because it's in Brazil. No, they should, and they're still going to have it on an hour. That, no, the no, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, who cares? I've I've never yeah. watched the opening ceremony. Really, the I opening ceremony. To watch the opening ceremony. The opening ceremony it has the by far the highest ratings. The yes, opening I have ceremony. no interest in it. I'm only interested in the sports aspect of it. I w- I was watching the uh, U.S. track trials. I watched every every day of of the track uh, Olympic trials, track and field. Yeah. Or athletics, as they call it outside. We, the we can't States. discuss the top fifteen of NBA because we have to discuss track and field trials. Yeah, well, because I know there's only going to be two minutes, and there's and like every player takes five minutes with you. Yeah, uh, and it was really compelling television. It was like the best TV I watched all year. It was like heroes were were dethroned in every single event. It was like every single event had a gold medal winner or the guy who's number one in the world this year not make the Olympics. Like the United States team is harder to make than like all of Europe combined. It's it was it was sad. All right, so let's wrap this up. Uh, so next week we will discuss the 15 greatest players in NBA history. Let's do in a bet opinion, next week. Also, I have a good bet for us. Yeah, in my opinion, there can be no debate over who the 15 greatest players are. Mm-hmm. Uh, Akiva disagrees. He's a homer, so he's going to put more Spurs in there. Sean Elliott's probably going to be on that list. Uh, Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker, Bruce Bowen. Yeah, for uh, sure. These guys are all top yeah. 10. <laughs> Dwayne right, Dwayne Shinsis, I think, is probably Wheels. about 14. Wheels. Uh, you ready to roll away? Yeah. What's my new catchphrase? I don't remember it. Threenaker? It's a bye. No, that's my name. <laughs> you no, I don't like bye. Don't you don't like bye. Um, I said whatever. I don't like whatever. But I got to come. In the meantime, I'll say whatever. I got to think something better. Whatever. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com daily bonuses are waiting no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details